You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Hey, friends. Welcome to Nathan for Us and Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today... We have a very special guest with us, good friend of mine, co-host of the Stark Wars podcast and the Declassified School Survival Guide podcast, and big fan of Nathan for you, Tommy. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Excited to talk about the hero and and talk about Nathan for you because, I mean, Nate, it's, it's just a great show that still holds up to this day. Yeah. Do you want to give us a little bit of your background on uh, how you found the show and kind of what brought you into the Nathan for you fandom? Yeah, I'm definitely a late bloomer when it comes to Nathan for you. Uh, It came to me probably like three years ago, two years ago. And uh, I worked nights. I was a night shift in uh, post-production is what I work in. And so I would just put it on because one of my coworkers was just like, hey, try this show. You might like it. It has bits and stuff and you like bits. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. And so I just fell in love. It's very easy to fall in love with Nathan. He's he, Yeah, he's he's so charming. Especially when he's not being himself. I feel like it's particularly good if you have a short attention span. Like there's always something different happening and each kind of bit is is like maximum 10 minutes long this one happens to be the full episode but normally it's pretty all over the place totally yes and today we are covering the hero which is a pretty infamous episode i would say i think this is one of the ones that got a bunch of like outside press and uh is definitely a good candidate for if you want to bring someone into the show you could definitely have them watch this one yeah i agree this was the one that like it's just so complex in how much they put into this i know all the episodes are like that and i think the other part for me is like the the whole cast is great in this one like the background i don't want to talk about it but the bat even the bat characters are so funny in this episode yeah there's one part that i kind of forgot about um that happens with Corey's grandparents that is yeah. so funny that i feel like is completely forgotten <laughs> yeah i do feel like this one's a little bit of an outlier i think it is one that if you introduce it to someone at first, seeing how the normal structure of an episode would go would be quite different, but it is very charming. Um, It is really fun, and I am very excited to dive in. So in this episode, we kind of start kind of halfway through, and then we bounce back and get the backstory. So Nathan is standing on a rooftop in the heart of historic downtown LA, and he is overseeing final preparations for what could be one of the most astonishing events to ever be broadcast in television and could change a man's life forever. So, you know, he hypes up this event pretty big. You know, everyone's expectations are high and we are told that we will be transforming an unremarkable man into a hero. What were your expectations going in? That's a tough question. Originally, I feel like I didn't know exactly what to expect. I feel kind of bad that like, you know, they just say Corey's life is in a rut because I think we'll get into it. But like, is his life in a rut? Debatable. Like, he seems like he's having a great time doing what he's doing. What? His life is definitely in a rut. (laughs) (laughs) 
his life is in a rut, but I feel like Nathan finds so many ways to just dig at him even more. It's like they really wanted to put him down to like, like even commenting on his, we'll get to his mom's cell phone, like using the cell phone uh, case of his mom. It's like, man, he, he is kind of in a rut. I, I think I'm on Megan's side here. I do think that now is a particularly interesting time to be talking about this because Nathan is really emphasizing the fact that Corey lives at home with his parents. And I think that during COVID, you know, that's a lot of people's situations. And so I think other than probably COVID, where I think a lot of people are in um, an unusual circumstance, it maybe if the episode was filmed today, you wouldn't harp so much on a person. How old is Corey? Do we know? Um, so his dating profile is Cool Beans Corey 89. 89. So I assumed he was born in 1989. Oh, that might be a good guess. My hockey number growing up was 89. So I was like, oh, it was probably his sports number for something. I was not born in 89, but that's probably a very good guess. That's what I kind of assumed. I don't know. I don't really have uh, any other reason. I guess we could probably find him on Facebook quickly and look it up as yeah. well. But I did sports numbers for mine, but I don't, I'm not to say anything about Corey, but I, I don't know if he would have a sports number maybe. So I, I would probably go with the data for, <laughs> not to throw shots, but. Wow. <laughs> Just sewering Corey right off the bat. Oh. Well, it's actually very interesting how they find Corey. So we hear from Nathan um, that this process started nine months ago when Nathan began planning for this big event where he wanted to recruit someone for a big life makeover. And, you know, even even the most unlikely people, he says, can achieve greatness. So he gets his crew to go around and to start interviewing people at malls and parking lots, at, at fast food restaurants to try to someone beyond hopeless. And this is where they meet Corey Calderwood. Now, I don't think he's beyond hopeless. I think he's just a very average guy. I think they probably kept in the back of their mind that they wanted someone that Nathan could actually transform into because they do show a wider range of people with um, different genders, ethnicities, heights, weights. And I think, you know, one of the many reasons Corey was chosen is probably because he's someone that Nathan could realistically transform into. Yeah, I think so as well. But like, even when they're saying, you know, he's this big loser or whatever, paraphrasing, but like they show him doing pretty normal stuff. Like he's into Magic the Gathering. We see him playing like rock band. He loves, um, you know, Alfredo, <laughs> whatever, fettuccine Alfredo. Like, I just feel like he seems very average. And I, I feel I feel for the guy. Like, I feel like they really are harping on him, probably just because he's really into Magic the Gathering, which I don't think is a reason to, to hate on Corey. No, not at all. I think I think it's exactly what you said. I think there's like a, a base level and he's just he's average, but at the same time, like I maybe this is just Nathan spicing his life up. Like everyone deserves some spice sometimes. That's true. There's not a lot of spice in fettuccine Alfredo though. <laughs> yeah, so Corey, what we learn about him is that he is a part-time arcade attendant. He works there about three days a week. Um he lives with his grandparents, his uh Mom and stepdad are away quite a bit for work, and he has no girlfriend, which Nathan can relate to and always wants to help people in their romantic quests. Yeah, and his parents are away in Hawaii a lot, which I'm like, Corey, you should you should be jumping in on these Hawaii trips. No offense, but like, come on. Do you think he's invited or do you think like <laughs> he, he, he declines or... 
It says for work, so I guess it depends on what they do for work. But I'm like, couldn't they just bring him along and he could, like, make them dinner and stuff? Could he make them dinner? We know he makes one dish, that's all. But I think he could do it. I believe in him. I think he stays home and kind of keeps an eye on the house. Um, So I'm I'm sure every once in a while he gets to see them. But I guess it is strange that throughout this whole event that we don't see his parents at all. Maybe they're like politicians or something and they just didn't want to be in the episode because <laughs> they thought it would look bad. I really enjoy his grandparents, um, Larry and Chris. Oh, and yeah. I, I especially love that when they talk about Corey's life, they say like he's just kind of gliding through life, just slip sliding away, which is an incredible <laughs> expression. <laughs> yeah, I also wrote down slip sliding away. <laughs> They were great grandparents. They were the grandparents where it's like, you know, they encourage you through life, but they're also like, yeah, well, we do know, like, he's, he's just slip sliding. Yeah. They clearly love him very much, but yeah. uh, it seems like they're very happy that he's going to do something kind of fun and crazy. Yeah, he, he definitely needs something to to get him going and trying something new. He seems to be in a bit of a rut. Yeah, and they, it's the grandparents, they come up later and they're hysterical and just like the way that they interact with uh nathan and and also Corey. yes we also learned through this segment um when nathan's kind of learning a bunch about Corey that his favorite movie is tommy boy which i feel like now we have click and tommy boy i we we have to watch these on the podcast right i have never heard of tommy boy i know nothing about it you never heard of tommy boy no Oh my goodness, Megan. We're going to have to watch it. It's a comedy. I think you'll like it. It's a classic. That's nice. It's a classic movie, yeah. Well, that's one. Yeah, so I have on the list of things that we learn about Corey while he is walking around the room and Nathan is trying to learn his mannerisms is that he finds braces to be cute. He is wrong. That's a a weird, (laughs) weird thing to say for an adult also. Yeah, that gear's real young normally. And also, it's like you, most people would be like, I don't mind braces. To be like, I, like almost like I would prefer braces over <laughs> just someone without braces. Yeah, it's like I tolerate the existence of braces in someone's mouth. But to like, of the few things you list and like what you're interested in, it seems to be very specific. We already know he loves Alfredo Pasta and he has worked at a call center and a recycling factory. Yeah, oh. and he loves the phrase cool beans. Yeah, I also used to say cool beans a lot. Did you guys in high school? I definitely used cool beans. And I, I was going to say, I think we should bring it back. Yeah, yeah I don't definitely. think it's gone. I think I still say it. Oh. Like, yeah, what, like just anytime, anything, like someone says something, you're like, cool beans. Yeah, I feel like I text it more. Oh. I like to spice it up in my like work slack because I say like, yes, a lot. So I'll say like cool beans or like groovy like stuff like that. And then people are always like, wow, your vocabulary is bizarre. By, really by people, I mean the, the two other people that I work with at my company. <laughs> so spicy. So one of my favorite parts about this episode is how they just refuse to tell Corey anything that's happening. And Corey seems to agree to it. I think we see this a lot throughout the series where because there's the presence of a camera, you know, people tend to agree to things that they normally wouldn't, even if they're not too sure or they think it's a bad idea. So we have Nathan filling Corian a tiny bit 
and saying, you know, throughout this process, you won't have much information. You're going to be completely cut off from the outside world. But I can tell you that if you do this, by the time I am done, you will reemerge as a national hero. Are you in? It's like, okay, whoa. (laughs) Probably (laughs) everyone's going to say yes, but that's not a lot of information. No, I think if he also added in like, and I'm going to make you stay in a trailer for two weeks alone, <laughs> Corey maybe would have reconsidered uh, agreeing to this, but teach their own. Yeah. Next, they get the legal liability waiver signed so Nathan can kind of start, you know, learning more about him and they get him sent to a doctor's office under the ruse of getting a medical exam for this. But what they're actually doing is trying to get a facial scan, uh, a 3D like print of Corey's face so that Nathan can turn it into a mask to wear later. This is terrifying. (laughs) The the mask itself, but I know we're going to get to it, but Oh my God, this whole thing. Imagine you go in thinking you're going to a doctor's office and they scan your face and create a mask of you. I did think saying it was an epilepsy test was a very good, uh, like... That was smart. Yeah. Yeah, this was the point where I was like, this is going to be... An, like, when I first watched it, this is going to be an iconic episode. Because, like, it, it's just the level that he went to just on the first thing. Like, it's like, you... You're, you didn't really need a lie to Corey. You could have just like let him in on the secret, but you had to go bring him to a doctor, have it be a makeup artist. And yeah, it is terrifying the mask, I think. Yeah, Emmy nominated makeup artist Vincent Van Dyke. Yeah, and so I have Vincent Van Dyke's IMD bags pulled up and it is impressive, <laughs> I will say. Um, we can go over it at the end if we want to, but I, I was... Uh, floored when I looked at a bunch of the stuff that he's worked on. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, so so Vincent, um, he gets his scan that he needs and starts working on the Corey mask. <laughs> and immediately following that, Nathan meets Corey and he's like, hey, I'm going to put this bag over your head, which I feel like would immediately be alarming to you. Like, do you start asking questions at this point? Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm asking questions. Uh, I, I'd be like, hey, why are you putting a bag on my head? I think would be the first question. And then, yeah. where, are, and then where are we going would be question two. But I think that's the thing with Corey in this episode. Like, He's a perfect uh, uh, foil for uh, Nathan because he just goes along with whatever Nathan says. It's so wild. I wonder if he like in his in the stuff that he signed. I mean, I wonder if he read it, first of all. But second of all, I wonder if it's like, hey, if you sign this, like, you can't ask any questions. You just have to go along with us. We promise we won't, like, put you in harm's way. Yeah, I'm sure that he asked some questions and they gave him some sort of answer that was enough. And I'm sure that they just didn't show it. Yeah, so the reason being for this, obviously, that uh, there can't be two Corys running around California. So real Corey needs to be hidden away and isolated from the rest of the world. Nathan moves him over to a helicopter and they copter him out into the desert where there is a trailer stocked with enough supplies for Corey to survive for two weeks in the Mojave Desert. This is aggressive, to say the least. <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, like he could have been in a he could have been in a hotel. Like he could have been anywhere else. Well, we had to lock him in the desert. 
It also feels like they got like a very small airstream for him. Like it's literally just like the, like there are some big trailers you can buy, like big bougie trailers. This one doesn't even have a real bathroom. It just has like a like a hole <laughs> over like a Home Depot bucket. I don't even know. It looks absolutely brutal. And like it's nice that he asked for all of his favorite things. But I don't know. I feel like I get sick of Alfredo pasta if I ate it for a whole <laughs> Two weeks of Alfredo. Watching Fox Tommy Fox. Boy for two weeks. Over and over again. Yeah, we do see one clip of uh, Corey where he's like sitting at the little trailer desk and he like is playing like solitaire or something too. Like this would just be so boring. So um, Sorka Ryan from the Nathan For You business posting group um, actually was able to chat with Corey a little bit and told me that she asked Corey if he was really out in the middle of nowhere for two weeks. And he said that he did stay there for two weeks, but when he climbed to the top of a nearby hill, he could see a road. So he wasn't like that far away from civilization. That's good. But he was like, he was out there for two weeks. Yeah, they wow. must have had like a PA coming to check in on him and like hang out because that just can't be healthy to be alone. No, and especially when your cell phone's taken away, not to be like a dramatic millennial, but for two weeks, that's a long time. And also, are you just not going to work? What is the arcade yeah. doing? I would have liked to see Nathan go in and work at the arcade. Oh, yeah, that would have actually been really good. I feel like Nathan would be very bad at working at an arcade. Coins everywhere. <laughs> He just wouldn't know how to talk to anyone. He wouldn't know how to, like, do anything with the games. Like, yeah. Nathan is a good problem solver, though. So he's got that going for him. But so um, we see that, you know, Corey's going to be alone for those two weeks. And Nathan kind of tells us that walking on a wire is one of the most inspiring acts that a human can do. And that for the past seven months, he's been teaching himself to do just this. I think we've, there's a lot to dig into just with that one statement alone. First of all, is this the most inspiring thing Nathan could have done? Okay, I see Tommy shaking his head no. I'm going to be in the <laughs> yes camp. Oh, okay. This is interesting. I'd Tommy. be inspired as fuck. I think with some walking the wire, but this walking the wire, I don't know. Maybe I have high standards. I've seen people walk uh, wires across Niagara Falls, you know? So it's like, maybe I'm just giving, maybe I'm giving too high standards for Nathan. It's a good point. I don't know. I feel like when it comes to stunts, I also have very high standards. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, some average guy just like walking on a wire, like it's still a distance. That takes a lot of skill, especially when if it's from someone. And I guess all the strangers that showed up, they don't see that this was months and months of training for this bit. But to everyone in Corey's family, this is seemingly this really out of nowhere, out of character decision that's actually very risky. And I think we can see later that the people who actually know him are quite nervous. And I think even Nathan is saying that when he was low to the ground, he was very comfortable. And as it started to get higher during their training, he got a little bit nervous about it. Um, I think there is that anticipation, especially when you're just watching someone on the street. I don't know what other stunt he could have accomplished in that amount of time that would be realistic, but I'm definitely open to opinions. No, I think that's actually a really fair point. I think it is inspiring and like for stunt things. I guess I'm almost stuck on the, is it, 
would it make someone a hero? I think that's where I'm like, yeah. is this the type of thing you would do to like show off like, I am the hero you're looking for? No, yeah. no. I think to to make yourself a hero, it would have had to be like, he took a bullet for someone or he stopped a robbery. I think they could have staged that very well, actually. Yeah, I was also thinking like, we know Nathan is really into magic. So like, could he have done mm. escaping from like a straight jacket or something like that? Which I guess is a little bit similar to like the claw of the shame. Claw. But Nathan has I, to keep all that glory for himself. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, I just I think that we could have gotten something more inspiring. It's like cool. I also think it's like it's kind of awkward not to be like, I could walk, like I could do this. But like it, 80 feet just doesn't sound like that much. Like I feel like he should have gone like at least a hundred feet. You know? Just make it a nice round number. Above the ground? It's 80 feet above the ground. He can't change the buildings, I don't think. <laughs> I'm sure he could find another building. Yeah, they could have made it taller. Um, I think what would have really made it is if he wasn't clipped into anything, quite frankly. That's the yeah. risk. He's clipped in. There's no risk. Yeah. That's definitely the show's insurance, though. They were yeah. definitely like, absolutely not. <laughs> you cannot yeah, do this. Pe- people seem nervous and gasping, but it's like, okay, nothing bad's going to happen if he falls. Like, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh- how far is the clip though? What if he like Spider-Man's into one of the buildings? Now that could be dangerous. That would be mild. I think <laughs> mild danger. Okay. Maybe he should have like been rescuing someone from one building and carrying to the yeah. other building or like a puppy from one building to the other. Something mm. like that perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Because I think the hero aspect is, you know, he's doing something dangerous to raise money for a good cause. So I think the fact that he's donating money to breast cancer is like, the the hero act i don't think walking across a rope is a hero act and i think uh they could have done something a little bit more elaborate and a little bit more exciting and i don't know at what point they could have switched Corey in um but they could have staged something pretty crazy yeah i also was gonna say so the seven months of training is the other thing mm-hmm. um how much do we think nathan was working on this like multiple hours per day I think if you have the setup at your house or in your backyard, it's just something you do a few times a day, especially if he knows that this is for like his project that he's very proud of. He wants to execute it well. Um, he probably just does it a, f- a few times a day. And then it looked like he had some specialists come in and give him tips and pointers to make sure he could nail it. I feel like at the beginning, you know, you're excited and you do it a bunch and then a few months in the middle, you know, you don't do it as often, then you panic and practice multiple hours a day as you get closer. Or that might just be me. Are you talking about me golfing? Is that what <laughs> <laughs> me learning how to golf? <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not the hobby. You're not old enough for that hobby yet. <laughs> I'm a big golf guy now, okay? Tommy, you want to go golfing? <laughs> I love golf. Golf is the sport to just hang out, drink a beer, and, uh, you know, just chillax on the golf course. Yeah, no, it's mini, like the mini perfect putt. sport. No, mini putt is the perfect sport if we're talking in the realm of golf. My thing with mini, well, I guess golf, you have the same issue. My thing with mini golf is having to wait behind people. Oh man, yeah, that's, that's the bane of my existence. Is ha- but I thought you off. were just chilling, talking for the day. <laughs> oh no, I got called out. Like, <laughs> it makes me feel uh, rushed. I guess. Well, no, I guess I'm rushing them. Oh man, I got. Really it's like a waste of time. Own. It's a waste of time versus like on the golf course, you can like call the cart cart person to like bring you drinks. 
you know? I mean, I would say both are probably an equal waste of time. <laughs> That's fair. Megan, we're gonna I'm gonna get you into golf. Just you wait. Yeah. No, no. I, I swear you won't be able to. My stepdad is like super into golf and like would always invite us out and like really want to teach us. And we had to just rip the band-aid off because he kept asking Connor to go and Connor went a few times. But we finally had to say, like, you know, we're genuinely not interested. And I think it broke his heart. Tell him <laughs> to take me. He will. He will. He'd be so excited. He, like, loves teaching people about golf, and he was so excited. And we were like, man, just being at the driving range doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, like, you know, I I started out really well, and then I got a little bit worse, and I felt like, man, he's trying to coach me, and I'm letting him down a bit. I was like, I'm out. Let's go mini putting. (laughs) Low risk situation. I don't know. I think we can do, we can get you, Megan. We'll get you into golf. We'll get you into Tommy Boy. We'll get you into Alfredo pasta sauce. Yeah, all of it, <laughs> all of it, all together. <laughs> Should I become Corey? Yes, this is, <laughs> this is the start of your seventh month journey to become Corey. Wow, I'm gonna make a prosthetic of Megan's face and wear it and crush a golf game, <laughs> and then she'll be Whoa. infamous. <laughs> Everyone will be like, wow, Megan's such an amazing golfer. I I accept this. Megan shrunk in height by three inches. (laughs) (laughs) But you could wear really high disco shoes, like (laughs) while golfing. Yeah. Oh my God. Disco Stu loves golf, I bet. Okay. So we see that Nathan has a prosthetic and a custom bodysuit made. The bodysuit is so mean. The bodysuit is really mean. <laughs> like, they Very didn't scan rude. his body, so it's a fairly rude bodysuit. If you pulled that if you pulled that out when you were like, I'm pretending to be Megan, I'd go and cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly not custom. It's just like a body. Like, they just added like a padded bodysuit to take a dig at Corey. I definitely didn't think about that before, but you guys have a really good point. It was pretty offensive. It was, it was so not- offensive. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's like, mock me for my love of magic cards. Mock me for living at home with my parents. Mock me for my arcade job. Don't show me that bodysuit. <laughs> That's a line. That's the line. <laughs> Leave me in a desert for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> What if Corey had come back, like, ripped from the desert, too? That would have been incredible. He was like, the Alfredo pasta diet really did something for me. (laughs) I don't know why. I just started picturing him, like, training in the desert, like, doing push-ups and jumping jacks and, like, like, you know, digging in sand and then chugging a jar of Alfredo. No (laughs) pasta. (laughs) Like, he does a curl with it, and as he's curling it, he's just, like, pouring it He does, like, a sip. (laughs) He's just like crunching dry noodles while he runs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So, so we see that we have all of this stuff made. And after a four and a half hour application process, uh, Nathan's going to go into his first media appearance. And it's at a radio station, 95.5 KLOS, the same one that we've already spoken about, who did the uh, best burger in LA a bit from earlier in the series. But why did Nathan need to put on the outfit to go on the radio? (laughs) He simply did not, is the answer. (laughs) Well, what if the radio people ended up checking out the event and then saw it was a different person and be like, whoa, we're going to blow this whole thing up. 
maybe that that's the only risk, but I doubt any other radio host would have went to that event. True. I did um, watch, there is actually a video of his appearance on the radio show and uh, recommend seeking it out. It is extremely awkward. They talk about boobs at one point. There's just, uh, it's just weird. It's very weird. As we saw when Nathan was acting as Corey, it's uh, not a perfect impersonation by any stretch. What, um, what was the context of the conversation? I honestly blocked it out. the boobs. (laughs) I blocked it out of my memory. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so he goes on 95.5. Good for him. And, um, they kind of explain what Corey slash Nathan is going to get up to. What, what would their couple name be? Who? Corey and Nathan. Ooh. We can refer to Nathan pretending to be Corey as such Ooh, for the rest like of the that. podcast. Yeah, that's a good question. Nori? I Nori. Nathan. Like Nathan. Can we do something with their last names? Fielder and Calderwood? Calderfield? Fielder. Fielderwood? Fielderwood. <laughs> yeah, that's the better version of that. <laughs> Nori Fielderwood. <laughs> oh, God. Bad alter ego. Um, but the radio hosts seem pretty appalled, I would say. How into it? Like, do you think they noticed that he had the mask? Like, do you think they knew that he was, like, pretending? Or, or how much do you think they knew? It's hard to say because, like, the prosthetic doesn't look bad it just looks a little like uncanny valley because it doesn't move exactly with nathan's face but like i it's also and like this is not a dig at Corey by any means but like Corey is a like he does have like a unique face right so i feel like maybe you wouldn't really notice that this prosthetic looks a little funky i did think the wig was not a match for Corey's hair at all no he looked like a very old man yeah, the skin texture was weird. Yeah, yeah. But I guess uh, you'll have to listen to the full radio. Is it a yeah. video? Did you see it on YouTube? There's a video one. If you go on Reddit, um, on the Nathan For You subreddit, people have posted it a bunch of times. Mm. Nice. So check it out. <laughs> so after this very successful radio appearance uh, where they have publicized this event and they're expecting lots of people to show up, Uh, Nathan realizes that, you know, Corey's not in a relationship and he really wants to help him with this. So he makes Corey an okay Cupid account. And as discussed, his username is CoolBeansCorey89. And he populates this page with photos from his Facebook page. And he adds a few of his own uh, to make him look sensitive. And so that when he's the one that shows up for the date, people aren't super surprised. So you see him painting over some graffiti um, and you see him holding a sign saying he's a feminist and one of him holding a dog. Do you think that these are good dating profile additions? <laughs> no, they look so staged. <laughs> it's so bad, especially him holding the dog. The dog's but, like wieners out. <laughs> but is it funnier that it's staged? Like, like people will do stage photos and try to be funny on their on their dating profiles, right? Yeah, but I don't think Corey's profile screamed like this is funny, you know? But I mean, I thought it was pretty dogs. funny. Yeah, and people love dogs. People do love dogs. So Megan, you would swipe right? I I mean, probably not, but <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. In university, we had a cat named Cam, and we would often shove this cat into random friends of ours' arms while they posed for photos because we thought it made them look charming on Tinder. And I think it did. Yeah, maybe. I, I think pets do help. Like, I, I feel like if you, like, I'm always going to put pasta, if I ever use a dating app, I always am going to put pasta in a photo because it's like my cat, for those who don't know. Uh, and, and so I feel like that's a good move, but I agree with the stage part. I feel like people would swipe, the minute they see it being staged, they, they probably swipe and left. I mean, he, he got a hint. He got That's a true, hint. That's true, that is true. All I can imagine when Tommy said holding pasta is like all of the listeners thinking Tommy's just holding like bundles of penne and like rotini in his arms. In a photo. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad about that. Honestly, that'd be, someone might like that too because it's like, ah, oh, he's funny and he likes pasta. The food this time. Yeah. That would probably be a hit, I think. Yeah. Especially if it's, like, homemade pasta. Yeah. I've also never used, like, OkCupid. And I'm like, oh, do people normally use, like, a quirky name? Or is it, like, just, like, your name on the dating site? Because, like, Cool Beans Corey is certainly, like, a quirky dating profile title. Um, I have no experience with OkCupid. But I think that you probably don't want to be putting your last name out there offhand. Yeah. I wanted to like go in and look at it because like there's a link to it um, on Reddit. <laughs> Colin, <laughs> it's for the podcast. Yeah. But it, no, it literally it was like you have to sign in. And I was like, well, I'm not going to like make an OkCupid account to sign. In. Now I'm probably in their like advertising funnel too. So I'm going to get like 100 million OkCupid ads. So you but... might as well sign up. Yeah. Now you're basically there. Yeah. yeah. OkCupid, if you want if you want to sponsor the podcast, uh, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> well do we have any single friends <laughs> i don't think so i feel like we're the worst people nathan is this i don't know if he's still single but i feel like he would be perfect for okay cupid oh he was married for like all of oh. these bits yeah he was married like for the while. he was married while they shot the hunk oh that's interesting <laughs> Listen. Someone didn't listen to our episode on the hunk. You can't keep Nathan in a cage, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we see that, you know, they make the profile up and they find a match for Corey named Jasmine, who seems like a very lovely lady. Jasmine loves The Sims. Jasmine seems very sweet. So so they meet up um, our fake Corey, a.k.a. Nathan, and Jasmine meet up for a date at the Roost Cocktail Bar. Whoa. Did you pull up their menu? We have to We have to find out if, if Corey brought Jasmine. Sorry, Nori Fielderwood. <laughs> if Nori Fielderwood brought Jasmine on, like, a bougie date, he should have brought her to the arcade. He should have yeah. brought her to the arcade. That would have been really fun. While he's working. He'll work on the date. He'll be like, sorry, I got to go real quick. Got to finish this work thing and then go back to the date. Okay. It looks like um, I can get on their website. Oh, it actually sounds kind of fun. Full bar, cold beer, Thai food, jukebox, big TVs. I'm into it. I'm Where game. It? Should I go and report back? Yeah. Yeah, Tommy, you should definitely go. Let me pull up their con. Oh, there's actually a filming section here. 
It's oh my gosh, in pop LA. in for a segment. It's at 3100 Los Feliz Boulevard. If you record yourself doing a little review of it, we'll add it into the end of a, an episode. Okay, cool. I'll see how far it is and if I can actually get there. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a link to their But the, the catch is you need to go there on a date and you need okay. to find that date via OkCupid. <laughs> and you need to tell them your name is Corey. Tell your girlfriend it's for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to take one for yeah, the we team. Got... <laughs> Anything for the podcast, we've already decided. <laughs> Look, I got very clear instructions. I need to get an OkCupid okay account. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, I also do I have to find a Cory mask as well? And like the whole, do I have to become Cory too? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This is this is a very specific to right now comment. But um, have you guys seen Kanye West like rolling around in his terrifying mask? I've heard uh, of it, yeah. It. And his name is now Yi, right? Didn't he oh, legally I change this. his name? He legally changed his name to Yi. Oh wow! It looks like the masks from Mission Impossible. <laughs> that's all i wanted to say but i don't know what I, like imagine you're in an airport and you see that oh my god terrifying i would be very concerned um yeah. probably as concerned as larry and chris uh cory's grandparents <laughs> later on in the episode mm-hmm. but so let's talk about this date that jasmine and cory slash fake cory nathan go on at the roost. It seems like they have a lot in common. Um, they're both kind of into the Sims. She likes that he says cool beans. They've got a little banter going on to yeah, pull she seems, up British terms. She seems great. She actually seems like she would work for Corey. Like they do seem mm-hmm. similar uh, yeah. enough. Had real Corey gone, although she does agree. I don't know at what point. Like, I feel like she must have been like, I don't know how to bring this up, but it looks like you're wearing a prosthetic mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you showed up to a date and the person looks like this, I'd, I'd be like, I don't know how to say this. I maybe just wouldn't. But since she agrees to see him again, I feel like I'd have to be like, okay, we can, like, I like you. I like your personality, but we got to address, <laughs> is that not your face? <laughs> Is that rude to ask? When is it appropriate? What date number is it appropriate to ask if you're wearing a prosthetic mask to be someone else? I think date one. I think date one. <laughs> First I five know. minutes. <laughs> I don't know if that's a date one question. Because if you're wrong, that's so bold. Yeah, it feels very like Buffalo Bill to me, though. That's the only thing. Like, oh. It feels very like creepy almost. If I'm like, if I have no context, like I have the context watching this episode, but if I'm just walking in on a date and I see a skin mask on top of another, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. It's also like, I imagine it looks better on camera than it would in real life. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no way that it, it looks great in real life. Because didn't, I didn't even look like they put like extra makeup on it or anything, which I think would help. No, there was clear lines. That's why I was like, I, I don't know how like the radio people or the or Jasmine like call, didn't call him out. I mean, obviously, probably they cut it, but uh, it was very funny that like no one seemed to care that he had a mask on the whole time. I I have a request. I would like you to each tell ask me if I'm wearing a prosthetic mask. <laughs> Is this the if we if, if we were on a date. 
and I showed up in a mask. How would you ask me if I was wearing a mask? Oh, so we're like improving. Okay, so yes. we're at the roost. We're e- ordering some Thai food. Maybe yes. putting a song on the jukebox. Um, oh, I love it in my Sims game when I go to a restaurant and order Thai food. This Ooh. is me living my best dream. I'm going to put on What's New Pussycat seven times in a oh. row. Um, <laughs> and then put on It's Not Unusual once. But Wow, you have it planned. I love your taste in music. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I would just open it up with like, hey – like, it's so nice to meet you in person. You look a little different than in your photo. Oh. You know, I dressed up for tonight. I really wanted to impress you on our date. Okay. Um, I just feel like maybe you're hiding something in the face area. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> but I would like to see what your face looks like. <laughs> Well, you're looking right at my face. <laughs> Ma'am, your <laughs> your eyes uh, don't my move. Name is Corey. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Cory. My name is Nori. <laughs> There's no easy way to approach yeah. it. Well, that's I think you mentioned it like, like you did and if they back if they're like what? There's I don't look that different. That's where you go through the date politely, never talk to them again. It's yeah. like clearly, you know, Wow, Tommy, you're so shallow. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I don't think it's shallow to be concerned about someone I may spend the rest of my life with wearing a mask. What if they continue wearing the mask? We date for years. It's like six years down the line. What if they continue to wear the mask? Am I never allowed to call it out? I mean, if you've dated someone for six years and they've worn a mask this whole time, you're, <laughs> you're committed. At this point, it's Stockholm Syndrome. You love the mask. <laughs> you are all about the mask. You are also wearing a mask. Yeah, oh, I'm no. all in. The children all have masks. Oh, like, no. Yes. <laughs> you wake up every morning, put your prosthetics on. You're a for full four, family four and of and hours. <laughs> we are all Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this isn't the Phantom of the Opera. I don't need to date someone who's wearing a mask. Um, I did notice something else, too, during this scene. And I was like, this reminds me of something like Corey, Corey's whole situation and like what he's wearing. And I have two conspiracy theories that I'd like to share with you both. Number one, are you Wait, familiar with... Throw in a fake one, too. We yeah. have to guess. <laughs> Well, I just made them up. They're not real. Okay, they're about the episode. They're they're okay. relevant to the episode that we're talking about. Okay, both- let's decide which one's better. Okay. Okay. There's also a third one that we can discuss later um, okay. that I found on Reddit. But these oh. two that I came up with. Number one, there's a little show on Netflix that came out recently called Sexy Beasts. Yes. Yes. I've seen all of it. The- yeah. Ditto. I haven't watched the second season, but were they inspired? by this episode for anyone who doesn't know sexy beasts is a show where people wear these crazy prosthetic outfits and masks and whole costumes they go on a date with each other and then it's like a dating competition show where they have to pick their match and then at the end they take off their prosthetics now to me what what we're really getting down to is for you to form this theory you had to see Corey and his prosthetics and think that's a sexy beast. 
this show <laughs> must have been inspired by this episode of Nathan for you. But the show, like the show, the beasts aren't sexy in the show. I don't know. Maybe if you're into that, I, I'm personally totally not into it. <laughs> not. <laughs> but <laughs> no offense to the people on that show. And the costume designers who put hours of effort into those costumes. But more so that, like, Nathan talks about how, like, oh, I felt so free not having to be, like, in my own skin. I'm like, maybe someone was watching this and was like, I know exactly what show I need to make. Offhand, in Sexy Beasts, normally the least creepy looking prosthetics are still the people that win. And people are always still trying to guess what the person looks like. And you can still see that they all have like banging bodies. That's true. They're not wearing prosthetic bodysuits. Yeah, all of the women are super hot. The men aren't all, but the women are all good looking. All I can think about with this conversation is like the sexy beast intro, and it's like all the sexy beast costumes, and then it's just Nathan is Corey. <laughs> Someone's definitely made that on the internet, right? <laughs> that has to exist somewhere. <laughs> oh my god. It's just never addressed that he's different. <laughs> and he's never in the episode either. He's just like yeah. in the intro only. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Okay, what is fan theory number two? My other conspiracy theory, it's kind of a two-parter. But, okay, well, one is just something that it reminded me of, which spawned the fan theory. His, like, mannerisms and, like, the way he's holding himself and the prosthetics all together, it literally looks like Ben Platt in the Dear Evan Hansen movie. And I could not unsee it once I saw it. Um, with the weird way he's like hunching over and stuff. And then when I was telling Colin this theory, he was like, oh, actually the whole premise is a little bit like Dear Evan Hansen where this guy has to go along with this huge lie. So is it possible that this episode inspired the musical Dear Evan Hansen? <laughs> no one oh. says anything. So. so this, I think uh, Nathan would love, loves your theories that that Nori Fielderwood inspired the the Netflix hit series Sexy Beasts and the musical and movie uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. The Tony Award winning musical <laughs> Dear <Yes>. Evan <laughs> You You had me at the Sexy Beast fan theory, but on the Dear Evan Hansen fan theory, for those reasons, I'm out. All Marvel. right. I will say he does look exactly like Ben Platt in the movie, though. It's, like, very bad. (laughs) It's, like, this is brutal. Mm -hmm. Those are my two theories. We can continue talking about the date. I think they both check out flawlessly. We can get to the third theory at the end. Uh, I have one more theory. I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm wearing a tinfoil hat today. I don't know what's going on. Tinfoil toque. Copyright. Of course. Copyright. Tinfoil toque. I forgot about the what, tinfoil Was tube. that this podcast or our other yeah. podcast? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> we might start a podcast called Tinfoil Tukes and talk about Canadian conspiracy theories. Wait, I love that. I don't <laughs> think there's that many. I think we'd have to make oh. them up, but... I don't know. The prairies are a weird fucking place. A lot of shit goes down in, like, Manitoba. Yeah, and eventually you could expand into other conspiracies around the world. Yeah, the Denver airport. Yeah, my favorite one 
Avril Lavigne is definitely my favorite one. Yeah, that one's a good one. <laughs> That's a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> so uh, we see that Nathan has a plan. He really thinks that Jasmine and real Corey are going to be able to hit it off. So he wants to make it clear that he's very serious about her. And he asks if Jasmine would be okay if Corey could kiss her after the big rope walk. Would would you say yes? She no, says yes. Not. No. No? Tommy? No. I Listen, I appreciate the consent here. I appreciate uh, Nathan asking, like, well in advance. Um, I feel like in that moment, if I, like, was fully in, the date went well, and, like, I'm on that rooftop and he's coming at me, lips puckered, <laughs> I, I feel like I take it. I take the puckering <laughs> lips. <laughs> it's hard to dodge. There's not a lot of space on that roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I I think I'd have to be in the situation and we're assuming that Jasmine actually had a really good time with Nori and that like she doesn't suspect his face is not his face for some reason. Uh maybe she's been living a simulated life for too long. But I don't know, maybe I'd say yes. I feel like for the story I'd say yes. We did. I do feel like we maybe are downplaying that like they are in a bar. So it could also be dark. So maybe the lighting plays a part in her not realizing. We will all need to put on prosthetic faces and go to a dimly lit bar <laughs> and see if anybody asks us about our what about our faces. <laughs> this is making me regret that. Like, I feel like all of us should just come on with prosthetic faces. Like no one would have saw it except for us. But we should just be wearing masks this whole time. Yeah, I'll casually pull out, you know, the prosthetic nose in my kitchen and just <laughs> apply it. Big, big uh, special effects guy, Megan. Mm, yeah. I have been watching a lot of, um, like, shows. I think it's called Glow Up on Netflix. They apply prosthetics. It's kind of cool. Ooh. There was a show, I think it was on Bravo at some point, and it was, like, I think it was called Face Something, and it was all about, like, Oh, yeah, like face off, artist. I think. Yeah, it was all about, like, mm. makeup artists doing competitions to be the best makeup artist. Makeup oh, I do love competition shows. If there's, like, any competition show on, like, a streaming service that I'm subscribed to, I'll probably watch it at some point. <laughs> Regardless of what it is. <laughs> yeah, I've watched. Yeah, I've seen both seasons. Um, I watched, there was, like, a glass blowing one. I saw, like, a welding one. There's been a few makeup ones. I'm kind of down down for whatever. Oh, there was a there was one where they paired a baker with an engineer and they called it baconeering, which is not a good name. Uh, <laughs> and they had to create like a confection that also had to survive some sort of engineering um like feet so they had to make like a boat that was edible but then the boat had to actually have a rudder attached to it and steer around an obstacle um oh they had to make like an edible car but the car had to actually like crash into a wall and the dummy in their car had to withstand a certain level of impact but you also had to be able to like eat most of the car it was pretty <laughs> random and the first episode i was like oh this isn't that good and then i got very invested in one of the pairings and like really wanted them to fall in love and be together. <laughs> That's always what happens. <laughs> yeah. And then I like followed them on social media. 
and I don't know if I should say, but I guess I didn't say who they are, so it's not a spoiler. They didn't end up together. And like the last two weeks of my life have just been a crisis. Like if those two people who are so perfect for each other didn't end up together, like what is good in the world? I don't know. I'm very distraught. I've gotten like that with Top Chef people before. <gasps> I know who you're talking about. I'm also <laughs> upset. Yeah, yeah, it's very I've- upsetting. I felt the same way about Jasmine and Nori, so I totally understand. Like, yes, you know, yeah, the couple we stand. Yeah, we stand, of course. Um, so Jasmine says yes to the kiss, but Nathan's not done. He needs to keep the night going. You know, he's having so much fun not being himself that he decides to stay in the bar, and he kind of parties the night away. Uh, he's like buying people drinks and high fiving them and speaking in a terrible Boston accent. He's just having the time of his life. Probably the most fun Corey's ever had. Nori's ever had. Yeah. Yeah, he's like dancing with women at the bar. He's having a great time. He should have invited two women to kiss him at the end of the of the <laughs> wire walk. Well, that's oh what I was going to ask. Is it like, is it appropriate to stay at the bar after a date? Like, should you leave with your date? Or should you go back in? Or is that like now like, and especially if you're like talking to other girls afterwards, is that like a no-no on dating etiquette? That's you're a good not, point. You're not together. Yeah. And it's just like you just, you just like agreed to kiss at some point in the future. A scheduled kiss. A scheduled kiss. <laughs> Put in my Google calendar. Yeah. I can't say I've ever done that. Um but I do think if I went on a date with a guy and I went to leave the bar and he went back in, I guess I would have to be aware that he went back in to hit on people. I don't know, but we're not together. It's weird. It's weird. I would feel weird about it, I think, for sure. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know if I would be, be mad, you know? I wonder if it'd be worse if you just, like, if he just openly was like, all right, see you later. I'm, I'm going to stay right here. Like, if it was, like, very clear that he's staying in the bar. I think it's fine to stay in the bar. Like, maybe you're meeting some friends. Okay. I think if he's like, I'm going to stay here by myself and just hit on people, (laughs) but I'm totally going to kiss you tomorrow. (laughs) Next week, I think. I'd be like, well, maybe I will stay at the bar and find someone to make out with, but I will totally see you tomorrow as well. I really love the idea if he would have found more people and it was just like a line of like six people, like just more people he's ready to kiss after that walking the line. Uh, the women at the top being like, um, I already told him I would kiss him. Oh my God, that would have been incredible. But also like so mean. <laughs> so yeah, mean. <laughs> So after this big bar night out, um, we see that Nathan's having a bit of a crisis uh, Corey's grandparents keep calling and they can't get a hold of him. They really want to talk to him and they found out about the wire walk. So Nathan's kind of like, okay, I need to do some damage control and figure out a way to chat with them. But he knows that his costume, prosthetic application, whatever you want to call it, is not, you know, going to stand the test of Corey's grandparents who know him super well. So he needs to find a way to basically speak to them from afar. Goes out, he visits Corey, and he records some super basic phrases um, that he can use while talking to the grandparents. And then he hires an actress to go into his grandparents' hotel and let them know that there's an issue in the hotel, an active gunman, and uh, that's why they can't leave the hotel. They need to stay locked up in there. 
I was trying to think, like, why not just have Corey call them? But he, at this point, is not aware of this walk and the stunt that they're that's about to happen. So it's not really so much that Corey can't speak to his grandparents, but it's his grandparents can't speak to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think my only problem with this is, like, if it's, oh, if it's just a suspicious man, I guess they didn't seem as concerned that he's in the building with a suspicious man. Like, I guess he's locked in his room, but it, I just, I feel like I would have been more concerned as a grandparent. I guess they yeah. assume he's okay, but, you know. Yeah, he, he's out on the street. Yeah. So he, he's out by the, on the street, uh, yelling up to the balcony, using a loudspeaker, using the recorded messages, and Corey's grandparents come out to kind of chat with him. And they have a conversation which I think starts out pretty strong. Like, I think it's, like, fairly normal what they're saying but then it becomes like fairly obvious that they haven't recorded enough clips of Corey because uh right at the end he just says like i need to go now and then they say we love you and he just goes yes (laughs) back to them i mean you can't relate to that Not to like my grandparents, you know. <laughs> okay, like, fair. Like easy, I love you back. <laughs> yeah, they probably should have gone the "I love you" recording, if not for this, but to use at some point with Jasmine. Yes. Well, they have him say it later, yeah. anyway. Hmm. Would this fool anyone's grandparents? I guess they have no reason to suspect anything. Yeah, I feel like my grandparents would like would just assume it's me being goofy and just be like, ah, it's just like, it probably would line up with what I normally do. So they would be like, yeah, this checks out. Yeah. And then we see the real kicker, which I think this is probably the best part of the episode that gets forgotten when uh, the person that they hired to be like the fake hotel manager goes to the grandparents hotel room and says, "Uh, so the gunman that was in the hotel has been killed and Corey's grandmother is appalled, as I think any of us would be, saying, like, wait, you mean someone was killed in the hotel? And they're like, yeah, you can just, like, walk around again. Everything's fine. Yeah, they yada yada it pretty quickly, and it's hilarious. I don't know if it's better that they yada yada it or if I want more. Like, I'm I'm honestly torn. Do you think the do you think Corey's grandparents went and investigated or do you think they stayed in that room like the entire like they never left that room because they're like there was a there was a murder in this hotel? <laughs> I would I think I would go investigate, to be I would honest. Nope my way on out of there. Yeah, I'm I'm on Megan's side. I would probably stay in my room. I would never leave. I mean I would leave the hotel eventually, but I would never leave. Yeah. I'd want to be checking around. Like, I'd be like, ooh, what the hell happened? Why was there a gunman in here? Uh, who killed him? Who killed him? Yeah, who killed was him? It, was it the police? <laughs> it was just someone else? What floor Vigilante? was this on? I heard no gunshot. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like they would ask questions. Probably go down to the main desk and be like, hey, I heard there was a murder here. And the main desk would be like, um, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be the more immediate uh, sequence of events to go and talk to someone at the front desk or call them and be like, what floor? What is my level of concern? What do I do? Can I get uh, some free shit? Because I'm traumatized. The free stuff would be the key, I think. Yeah. 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 At least room service. Yeah. I was just thinking like soaps. 
You guys went uh, you went way higher than I did with what I was gonna ask for. I need to be comforted with extra blankets, extra pillows, some like molten lava cake, maybe a good champagne, movie, some champagne, calm the nerves. Yeah, that's what I'd be requesting like champagne and like a plate of French fries. Mm, yeah. I could the go ideal for that right calming, now. calming presence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a killer combo. Yeah. I'm in a wine club, no big deal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> With my pairing of french fries and champagne. <laughs> um, so we basically make it to the day of the event. Um, we see Nathan has a bit of a struggle with being nervous about being super high up. They kind of yada yada over that as well. And we see that, you know, everything's, everything's getting prepared. Nathan seems like, you know, this is it. He's going to do it. And they bring in Corey to holding area downstairs. And the whole plan is that Nathan's going to walk across the rope, go into like a transition area where then Corey will take over, walk out the other side of the transition area, kiss Jasmine and do a speech. Nathan exits through a trap door and, you know, has his prosthetics taken off and all of that good stuff. So no one is the wiser that, you know, Nathan was the one who did the walk. Here's where my other conspiracy theory comes in. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Do we think Nathan actually did the walk? Oh, that I never thought about this, but was it a stunt person? And huh, in the Corey mask, they did show him practicing quite a yeah. bit. But I don't believe this theory. I don't subscribe to it, but someone on Reddit did say it, so I thought I would bring it up. I mean, it is possible, but I'd like to believe he did it, especially because he's clipped in and it's safe. Like, yeah, if it was like. You out there? Yeah, probably someone else. Yeah. Probably like a someone who's been doing it for like many, many years. Not not six months. Although seven months is a long time to do something. Feels like it. Yeah, I I, I need the screenshots. <laughs> yeah, that's an intriguing theory. Like it's definitely one that I never thought about, but like it is just a mask. Like anyone could be wearing that mask. Like I don't know if you could tell the details of the eyes, maybe, you know, or like I don't know, but yeah, we may never know. We may <laughs> One never know. One of the know. great mysteries of <laughs> our world. <laughs> you got to see you're using too much content for your conspiracy for your uh, conspiracy podcast. Now, I think my favorite part of the episode is when Corey's sitting in a chair with a hood on and it gets taken <laughs> off and he's sitting across from Nathan wearing a prosthetic mask pretending to be him. Hilarious. And Nathan puts on his like Corey impression when he's talking to Corey too, which is so so awesome. So funny. Yeah. Corey is way too cool, calm, and collected though. Like it, it, you just you're seeing yourself. You're seeing a, like a doppelganger of yourself. I would be like way more like he was freaked out, but I would have been even more freaked out. Well, like he uh, he he knows immediately it's Nathan because Nathan's like, oh, it's me. And Corey's like, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like incredibly obvious. And I think I, to be fair, it's been a few weeks. He's been alone in the desert, you know, chugging Alfredo. So I'm not sure how good his memory is of like this contract signing. 
But I think the immediate flashback would be to when he's saying, like, you're going to be a national hero when you get back. And so to do that, kind of the next, uh, maybe not obvious step, but it would have to be someone pretending to be you or using your name to get that recognition because, like, clearly you've been doing nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> the The main thing is I'd be like, that's the bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> Also, on, Corey's man. like Corey's like quite a bit taller than him. I noticed that too. I was yeah. I was flabbergasted when they stood up next to each other. I was like, yeah, this would I was be like, noticeable. it's so bad. Yeah, it's really different. I guess that's why they had to find a stunt where like you're on top of a building and far away. Because um, any of our other fun ideas, you you would actually have to be a little bit closer. That's yeah. true. Yeah, so Nathan fills in Corey on everything that's happened, you know, fills him in that this is your girlfriend now. <laughs> You're going to kiss her. She's already said that that's okay. Uh, Corey seems, like, okay with that part, at least. I feel like that's the part that he's, like, most excited or, like, most chill with. Oh, that would give me the most anxiety. Yeah, and, that, like, my thing is, like, from now on, like, if they do like you like what we're saying about like committing to the the relationship like how far do you go before he really like reveals to her that their first date was a lie that it was it wasn't him like if they ever continue dating it's it's a big scandal i think i think you have to tell them immediately i mean if they can't tell <laughs> i also there's something else I like that Nathan's also like, yeah, don't use like a lot of tongue in court. It's like, yeah, I wasn't going to like <laughs> shove my tongue down her throat, man. He's like, yeah, I wasn't planning to. Um, but we see, you know, the stunt take place. Nathan makes it across and then Nathan keeps going across and he walks back and forth five times, <laughs> which feels like it would take a while. Yeah. And that's my thing is I. I feel like uh, the audience like would be like, oh, I was only I only had enough time budgeted for like one time going across, <laughs> not these five times. Like, all right, it's impressive, but come on now. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, this is no longer exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, they start cheering. He's going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like it becomes less impressive when you're like, oh, he's actually like good at doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I think he yes. would have been better off just doing the ones. I get that it's safest for it to be short, but it would have been fun if it was like this long, dramatic walk. Yeah. If he was holding, I don't know like what they're what those people hold who do the tightrope walks, but they usually oh, hold the like poles. Q-tips. Yeah. Giant Q-tips. Yeah. He should have had one of those too. Yeah. So Nathan goes back way too many times. We've decided, you know, people He's being dramatic. Yeah. We've only scheduled so much time in our day for Nathan to be walking back and forth. And uh, they do the transition. Corey goes in, does the kiss with Jasmine. Honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot more awkward than it was. It doesn't seem that bad. Oh, he kisses her on the mouth, then the forehead, then the mouth again. And I was like, okay, that would be nice if you had actually met her before. But... I don't know. I feel like I would panic and be like, All right, I hope you're the right person. Yeah, that is a good point. Like, it's like he does not know this person, just met her and went for three kisses. Is the max like one? I think it's just a pick on the, yeah, I would just, and in the forehead, I don't know, forehead kisses to me, like, 
A, not a personal fan, but B, also... Uh, you don't like giving them or receiving them? <laughs> B- both. B- both. <laughs> wow. You heard it here. Tommy is anti-foreheads. <laughs> Get your forehead out of his eyesight. His lips ain't going there. I'm just learning how shallow I am in dating, I guess. I don't, don't like forehead kisses. I won't date someone with prosthetic mask on. <laughs> Those are this some hard pro- barriers to entry, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> a prosthetic forehead is your nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine kissing a prosthetic forehead? It would not be a fun time. Oh, it would, it would just weird. feel like kissing like something plastic. I am yeah. like I do want to like feel the weird face mask. Like I'm curious what it feels like. Sorry if that's too much. Like is it squishy? Does it feel like skin? Oh, I need to know. You know what? Asking is not the move. Trying to find an opportunity to feel their face is the move. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Be like, oh, you have something on your face, and then internally be like, oh. <laughs> but don't you already know the mask is on? And you're like asking to get them to like call themselves out on it. So if you're feeling it. Like it's like, you're it's guessing like, you're guessing, guessing okay. you're fairly sure but there is that one percent chance that like that is just their face and maybe you're, you're like you're like oh you have like an eyelash or like oh you have something oh. on your cheek and you can like go in and kind of rub it i don't know they like swat your hand away <laughs> they punch you in the face you know that's okay i got during the date you're like eating this pasta and sauce right <laughs> the and fettuccine you, like, you fling you accidentally fling the sauce at them and you're like oh no and then you go up to like clean them off and that's when you can feel the mask oh yeah that's it that has to be it but what if they then don't want to go on a second date with you because you flung pasta in their face <laughs> Or in their second face. <laughs> like, you become the weird one. Like, you, yeah. you become the deal breaker. <laughs> like, I went on a date and they just kept trying to touch me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, the kiss, the kissies, they happen. But, like, I feel like Jasmine and Corey both feel like they seem okay with it all. Jasmine is surprisingly okay with everything that happens. <laughs> Yeah, in the next moments that follow, especially, uh, where Corey has to go do a speech, and he he says a few things. One, he calls her his girlfriend, and two, he says he loves you, or he loves her. I do love you guys, too, though, but... <laughs> I would be like, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean this combo—the three, the the triple dead kisses plus (laughs) "I love you" plus the girlfriend. There's no way Jasmine wanted to see him after this. I I don't know how this works out. Like I feel like he just came too too strong. Nori was a good level ask consent for kisses. Nori was at where it's at, but Corey, he's a daredevil. That Corey. Yeah, I think he should have skipped that part of the speech. Oh yeah, because you read ahead a little bit for sure. He, well, he like, even starts it. He starts it and then laughs. So it's like he could have just stopped right there. Just stop on the laugh. But you might be thinking, because at first I, I too was like, oh, why didn't he just skip that? But then you're like, you don't know what your conversation was. You don't know the the past communication. You don't know how many times Nathan's seen her in two weeks. Not that two weeks is fast enough. Sorry, but you know, to each his own. Bachelor happens. Bachelor in Paradise. We've all seen it. But maybe you're like, whoa, but then you're like, okay, maybe she's expecting me to say this. Maybe she she wants me to say this. There's a little bit more lead up to this. That's true. Nathan did say it was just his girlfriend. 
he doesn't know to what extent. If he would have said, like, it was a first date, I think Corey would have handled it a lot different. I think Corey definitely thought that they were, like, very prog- progressed uh, with with Nori. So brutal. I Poor Jasmine, man. This would be such an awkward situation to get out of after, too. This well, guy's like, so you inspired me. You're my rock. Like, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah. Well, and on top of it, the entire world now knows that you got tricked you know if she did got tricked by a mask yeah i feel like she's probably like i knew immediately and they just told me to to go with it yeah. and they'd pay me for my days on set <laughs> yeah spoiler they they did not end up together <laughs> but he started Man. dating someone else shortly after that right he did get a yeah. girlfriend yes he did the top chef couple, the couple, the the uh, engineering and baking. Oh man! And now, and now, no. Um, and now, love is dead. This one <laughs> officially. Didn't hit, this one didn't hit me so hard. More of the love story between Nathan and the prosthetic mask. That to me was more true love. Yeah, I would have liked to see Nathan and the woman that he hugs at the bar. He does oh, like yeah. a little side hug with a lady. I would like to see where that. Uh, you know what progressed there. Also, I challenge anyone else to watch Baking Impossible and not root for the couple I'm traumatized <laughs> over. Like, you two will be absolutely heartbroken for weeks because I'm not okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm really upset. I feel like I don't root for people from, like, The Bachelor very often. So maybe this is the move. Like, maybe the, the other competition reality shows are a better spot to find couples. I feel like the artsy cook paired with an engineer just like hits home, you know? It's just us. (laughs) Yeah. It's just us and our boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, But yeah, people are excited. Everyone's really proud of Corey. And uh, we see Nathan very sadly taking off all the prosthetics and exiting the event. And he has, like, his hat on and, like, very a la you is, like, creeping Corey. <laughs> Joe Goldberg. <laughs> and then, like, sneaks off while Corey goes for his interview. And his grandparents are so excited. They were worried. They never expected anything like this from him, which, you know, <laughs> would make me feel a little bad. They'd be like, you? We never thought you would ever do anything good. <laughs> Like, we thought you would just eat Alfredo in the basement. <laughs> Wait, what if he... Okay, what if he would have ate the Alfredo while doing the tightrope? Oh, that would have been fun. That would have been fun. You could have got a good sponsorship, been. too, probably. Yeah. I think you have to kind of need your arms for balance. You need well, two maybe, bowls. Maybe Alfredo. you have... Yeah, you have that pole thing with the Q-tip. You put the bowls on the Q-tips... <laughs> And you're like, it slides down into your mouth. <laughs> I like the dedication to eating pasta. It's perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew how heavy on pasta talk this was going to be? Are you Italian? Yes, yes. Same. I Can't just relate. had like, I just had Italian Thanksgiving and the food was so good. I have like nope. one very Italian portion of my family and then like me I just get to tell people I'm Italian, but, like, I don't do Italian things. But, like, (laughs) my Aunt Mary, like, enters pesto-making competitions where 
no electricity is allowed and she wins. Like you're standing there with a mortar and pestle. You're making everything from scratch. Like it's a little unnecessary, but like, damn, it's It's fun to, I'm running, not walking to her home every opportunity I get. What are um, other Italian activities? <laughs> bocce ball? Bocce ball. Yeah. It's a lot of cooking stuff. I make raviolis, and I'm always mm. a sous chef. Getting okay. yelled at to, like, roll faster. Uh, yeah. Um, other Italian things, just yelling in general, waving your <laughs> arms around. Probably liking soccer. I don't really care about soccer. Um, sauce day. I am... Also addicted to watching this little old grandma named Nona Pia online. She has my full heart. Um, She brings me joy when I'm sad about random couples not ending up together. If you have not seen Nona Pia on TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, Google her immediately. She's so wholesome. She makes everything for her little family from scratch, and she's the cutest. I've always wanted to backpack through Italy. One of the things I've always said is I would only meet like old lady Italians. Cause I think they're so adorable. So I would only yeah. want to like hang out with them. I would like learn how to make like little old shoes. I feel like oh, little old be, shoes. Well, I guess maybe they're just like, maybe the shoes aren't old. Are, are, is your passion making shoes? How do I get on this list? No, tiny feels, little tiny I, shoes. I want it. Okay. My feet are not small though. How do I get a Tommy exclusive? <laughs> a giant, like I could get a uh, regular portion size shoe. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, but you backtracked from giant real quick. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Your enormous feet. <laughs> Listen, I already heard the conversation about the body suit. I just, I had, a, I had to catch myself about the big shoe. I didn't want to upset you. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like Italian ladies probably make shoes. And I don't I would have to know go- if that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know either, but I would like to believe they do. And so my dream is to go there and do that and learn. Then I can come back. Then I can make them for you. Okay. So I'm waiting a lot of years. Yeah. You, well, unless like go for, hey guys out there, go on my <laughs> Italian trip so we can get shoes for Megan. I have, we're going to set one up. We'll set up a Kickstarter. <laughs> I do want people to know that I own shoes and I'm not waiting. <laughs> like I do own shoes. This is like this setup to the, the episode. Megan, she's been going through life just with no shoes. We're going to set this up. <laughs> she will get shoes. <laughs> we need to send Tommy to Italy. <laughs> Now, you can let me know if this counts or not, but I have been to Italy, but I was two weeks old to meet my dad because my dad was working in Italy when I was born. And that's the only time I've been there. And if I have no memory of being there, do I still get to say that I was there? I think so. I still say I was born in Pittsburgh, even though I was there for like two days. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think I on medical records, you were, you were born that's, in that Pittsburgh. That counts. Yes. Yeah. I think my mom told me they all mispronounced my name. They called me Megan. Megan. I was like, like, what? Kindly no. Guys, I have a question. Is it related to the episode or to our Italy? It is related to the episode. I'm sorry. I don't have I don't have strong Italian knowledge. Um could we get Corey to play D D with us? Yes. (laughs) This is a real question. Also Austin Bowers. Yeah, yeah. I we feel just like that Nathan- would be a crew. Wait, okay. Hear me out. A Nathan for you, D and D. I'll, I'll make you make a uh, Nathan inspired session with Nathan for you characters. Yes, a hundred percent. Now, actually, I 
had messaged Kelly for a request from you. And I guess this is me finding out if that note got passed along. I think it did. So wait, are we done the episode? Is there anything else we need to review before we get into it? Because we're about to get real off track. Vincent Van Dyke, check him out on IMDb. He has a ton of credits. It's like wild. He's literally worked on like every movie for the past like many years. Um, Jasmine isn't really in anything else. And Richie, who is the the guy who helps with the tightrope walking, he's also in a bunch of movies and he does stunts. So Megan, you should check it out and see if he knows your dad. I will creep at another time. Now... We are swiftly moving on to our D&D guest expert, Thomason. Now, we requested that he figure out if Nathan Fielder was a D&D character, who would he be? What would his stats be? Tell me of this man in this magical land. Yeah, and I really thought about this. I actually talked to a friend, and I believe he was on the podcast, Alex Brizard. Uh, and we, we uh, conversed about what Nathan would be. And to begin with, you know, I, I was thinking about it. What class would Nathan be? And my initial thought was a trickster. Yeah, well, I think trickster would be good, too. But uh, yeah, for those that don't know, there's different classes and different races in D&D. Uh, the classes are like barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, uh, warlock, wizard. Anyways, uh for me, Bard was the first one I went to because, like, he's a bit, you know, he goes out there, he's pushing ideas on people. He's, but then I felt like that was too easy. And so, what I went with Nathan, I think Nathan would be a wizard. He is the wizard of loneliness. He is. Yes. Nailed he it. loves magic. Yes. Yeah. And so that's why I went with him. I went with a subclass of a, uh, he, he studied at the School of Illusions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Business is an illusion. So I agree. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and maybe, you know, maybe someday he'll multi-class with some bard, get in there, pitching ideas. Uh, he'd be an awful bard, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, all of his stats would be, like, his charisma, like, probably a 10. ten. Like, I feel like it's not as bad. It's not as bad as an 8. It, 10 is, like, average, right? Like, it's like, yeah. he, he's, he tries sometimes. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's pretty charismatic. I think he's good at convincing or, people of things. Or he, I don't has, know if he's... he has a camera with him at all times, which is also very convincing. Yeah. That yeah, that's that's the compelling thing. I feel like he's persistent. Like I feel like yeah, it's yeah. like he just wears them down over time of just like, like being like, yeah, do this. It'll be fun. Yes. Uh so that's that's it with the class. What do you guys think about that? I think that's I like great. That. I think yeah. he is the wizard of loneliness. I think you nailed it. Um I think it would be very fun to do a D&D session. Um you know, I think Kelly's mentioned quite a few times that you do D&D and I keep trying to worm my way over. Um, Come and I'm glad, anytime. I'm glad we got to meet first because I'm going to tell you a tale where it has happened to me twice in my life where the first time I ever met someone was our first session of D&D. And so you say a very quick hello and then I'm like in my character And in the first round of me meeting this person, it's like we don't really talk before and we're playing the game. And he kept trying to, um, I forget what it was, but he kept trying to like convince my character to do something. And then he tried to steal something from me. 
And oh, and then he tried to uh, put a spell on me to make me believe him. So I said that like I slapped him or something for trying to do that. And I got a 20. So they said that I slapped the spell out of his memory. And I wasn't necessarily a good character. So I was like, not like mean, but I was like a little mean to his character after that throughout the rest of the the time. Because like he had wronged me, you know, you are now my nemesis. And he left that thinking that I did not like him in real life. But I was like, oh, I was playing a character. So <laughs> I, I just, I really don't like it when the first time I meet someone is when we're playing a game. Because I'm like, this is a game where you are being someone else. And I was like, for like two weeks, he thought that I didn't like him. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> no, I totally understand that. That's like a big thing we run into, right? It's like you're playing a yeah. character, but then it's like, are those feelings actually, are, are you annoyed with me or is your character annoyed with me? And it's like a constant uh, conversation when it comes to DMs and, and us trying to figure out the best balance to help. I definitely am a proponent of all the players meeting beforehand because, yeah, for that reason. <laughs> I do remember another time in D&D, Megan and I went against our group and uh, <laughs> caused some issues and I believe um, had some words on the way home with our <laughs> significant others <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> because they were a little upset with what we did in the game. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, depending on like my goals, which is, you know, I think I was just a human niffler, essentially. I just wanted to collect all of the things. I wanted to own all the things. I wanted to take all the things. And so when opportunities presented themselves, I would take the things. And I think there were some situations where, like, there were six players. So, like, there were six duels. And then I would end up with, like, three of them. And then uh, Connor would be like, one of those is mine. And I'd be like, what are, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'd be like, the game's over. We are no longer discussing. <laughs> like I'm back now. You cannot Should have kept an eye on your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. Stealing happens. And, and that's the fun of D&D. Anything can really happen. And uh, I think a Nathan one would be, would be a blast to get into that world. Yeah, yeah. we'll set it up. We'll definitely set that up. Austin Bowers already said he would be down. I think if we told Corey it was going to be low-key and fun, I think we could probably get him to join. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know him at all. I've never spoken to him. We're going to send out a few feelers into the universe. What if we send send out like gift basket? We'll just send them Tommy Boy, Alfredo. (laughs) Hey, come play D&D with us. Here's all your faves. Tommy Boy, Alfredo sauce would be perfect. A new phone case. (laughs) I think that should be like the meal we all show up to eat. Maybe we have a dinner <laughs> beforehand to like get to know each other. We send like this formal, like almost like a wedding invitation. Like we formally invite you to eat like some chicken Alfredo on camera <laughs> with a group of strangers. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are we, we're doing it on, like we're having dinner online. Like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's nothing I like more than a bunch of people eating and hearing the slurpy sounds of pasta in their mouths. Um, I'm pretty sure that like 50% of what you watch is like cooking videos and shows where people are eating all the time. That is true. I do love good cooking YouTube videos. Well, I think that's the episode. Tommy, it's been so wonderful having you here. I think this was so much fun. Um, Let us know where to find you. Give us your plugs. Give everyone the info. 
Yeah, I'm I'm all around the place, uh, the places. Uh, and listen, I have a Twitter. You can find me, Tommy's Tidbits, uh, giving all the tidbits that you didn't think you would know or wanted to know. Uh, I'm spending most of my time, to be honest, at uh, Post Show Recaps, the Discord. Come check us out. Uh, that's where I do a lot of my D&D. If you want to get into D&D, we have a whole thing over there. Uh, DMing, it's a lot of fun. So that's where I hang out. And uh, I have my podcast, Stark Wars, where we cover Star Wars and Marvel content with my friend Michael O'Rear. And that's been going strong. And right now we're on a season break of Ned's Declassified with my friend Jalen Jones. And that will be starting up relatively soon. Yeah, all awesome, awesome people. Future guest Michael O'Rear, um, he will be coming on as well to talk an episode later on next season. Meg, do you have anything you want to plug today? <laughs> um, no, next week, I think we are probably going to do the episode rankings, right? It's the end of the season. Yeah, it is Snack the end up of the on season. Us. It really has. So we'll be ranking episodes next week. I think maybe for our special in-between episode, maybe we cover Tommy Boy. I don't know. I have no information on Tommy Boy. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. I'm assuming that there's a boy named Tommy in the movie. If there is not, that's a curveball. That'd be arguably <laughs> more exciting. That would be what a curveball. What if this becomes your favorite movie of all time? Like, this is just like, and we never there's knew. There's just no Ethan way. Brought- <laughs> it would have to be a bad movie for it to be my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, follow us on uh, all of the platforms at Nathan for us pod. You can follow me at Kelly W and Megan at Megan Bianco. If you want to see what we're getting up to, which is, I don't know, not that much. We're going to a Halloween party together on Saturday. So that should be exciting. It, it will be exciting. I love a good Halloween party. If you lived, in, if you lived in Canada, I guess you'd have to live a little closer than just Canada. If you lived in Toronto, We'd give you oh, the, yeah. the invite. Yeah, you would definitely be coming, Tommy. I used to be on that side. Ugh. Really? Now, if you were still in Buffalo, you could have driven up for yeah, it. Yeah, I was a Buffalo boy. Oh. Except I think the border's still kind of closed. Yeah, I'd have to sneak over. You know, I'll get a mask on. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll dress up like Kelly. That's not suspicious at all. A, I'll try to get across the border back to my homeland of Canada. <laughs> We'll build you a boat made out of cake um, from the (laughs) baking engineering show, and you can just ride it across the lake. We'll get you some glasses, and you can put shoes on your knees. You can, like, walk across. (laughs) You'll fall into a hole. (laughs) What a dig. I'm not that short. (laughs) Shoes on your knees. (laughs) Oh, I gotta go to Italy. How tall are you? Five, Five nine. Okay, maybe not quite the knees, but you you got to pick the feet or the knees. There's no in between. But I got to go to Italy first to make the shoes <laughs> that I put on my knees. <laughs> See, maybe the shoes he wears on his knees are platform shoes. Does that make it less offensive? <laughs> yeah. <Not> sure. <laughs> Fine. I am picturing them like little Dutch shoes, even though it's like in Italy. But I'm picturing them like little wooden <laughs> shoes. Little clogs. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, rate us on iTunes, please. And thank you. Only if it's five stars, though. Yeah, if you don't think this is great, just send us a personal hateful message. Don't tell people (laughs) online. It'll sting way more. It would hurt my feelings so much more. This has been (laughs) Kelly and Tommy and Megan on your side. (laughs) 